You are listening to the Two Sorry Excuses podcast. And for that, I apologize. Yeah, hipsters are the worst. So a bunch of them just, uh, and there's a hipster bar down the street from... Oh, uh, uh, you got to be overrun with hipsters if you're in an up-and-coming town. Oh, my God. Like, you wouldn't believe. Like, you wouldn't yeah. believe. There's a total hipster dive bar a couple blocks uh, down from my house. And I love it. It's a great bar. And when it first opened, um, you know, I think they opened it with the, 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 the designs of being a hipster joint. Uh, yeah, but it was just a bar that we went to. Then it got overrun by hipsters and a lot of handlebar drinking wax, their PBRs. Total PBR, two dollar PBRs there, five dollar burgers. Um, yeah, you know they don't have a jukebox. The DJ, uh, the bartender plays whatever he wants to play. Um, you know, doesn't take requests. Like, you know, it's everything you'd expect from a from an Asbury Park hipster bar. So. Right now it's getting warm. It's the first nice, first nice day we haven't had rain in a long time. So a bunch of uh, three or four hipsters on a on, on their Triumph motorcycles just rolled by. They're out of full bloom. Huh? Yeah, God bless them. God bless them. I mean, I would say, you know, they're welcome because they keep the economy afloat. But to be honest, I don't know what the fuck they do. Yeah, I don't know how they make their money. I never know what the hell their jobs are. <laughs> You know, I can't believe there's enough friggin' artisanal bacon and all this bullshit to keep the flow going, you know? Yeah. All the bullshit-seeming hipster type of things they're involved with, you know? Like, the whole, you know, buy local movement and, you know, support local businesses certainly helps because people with the means to support that type of business find it worthwhile to do that you know the soccer moms in rumpson or colt snack or the you know the upper class the, yeah. the upper middle class towns around here or the wealthier towns come to asbury and you know buy at the boutique shops and you know the artisanal bacon and the craft beer and all that stuff so there's a market out there for for the hipsters' goods yeah. and wares that, that weren't there, like, in the 60s. Yep, but still, it's just crazy, because it seems like they all got to be duplicating themselves, you know? I mean, all hipsters are rich kids anyway. You know, you never meet, like, humble hipsters, hipsters from humble roots, you know? No, do you know how much handlebar wax mustache costs? Yeah, it's like the kids at a fish concert, you know? Yeah, totally. <laughs> I mean, there's not any poor kids who are gone on the road. They might be what they think is poor, but they're not really poor, you know? No, their Volvo station wagon is making it from Maine yes. to Palo Alto without having any problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's not like they're real. Like, if they were really poor, they wouldn't be doing that, you know? No, they'd be supporting their their three or four <laughs> younger siblings who, yeah. you know, <laughs> who don't have yeah. food or clothes. Are they like trying to be like doing a real job, you know, <laughs> like to make some money, not like, oh, I was so poor, I was selling grilled cheese, you know, come on. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Anybody uh, can be a trapeze artist if the safety net's strong enough, you know? Yeah, of course. Um, the other thing that kills me about the hipsters, which pisses me off, is 
like a few years ago, one of our buddies, you know, sends around some text or email with some crap of them doing some shit with bacon, you know, some kind of crazy bacon thing. And it was all these hipsters. It's like, great. They've even taken bacon from me now. <laughs> you know, like the idea that eating bacon is a hipster thing now. Right. And, it, and all of that shit's a hipster thing. Oh, you want a good burger? Oh, you're a hipster. Anything that's like stuff that you just like to eat. Oh, that's hipster. Oh, you want a nice cocktail? Oh, that's a hipster thing. Right. You know, like everything. They've ruined everything. Right. Right. <laughs> that's why I don't do anything. <laughs> yeah, I can't take. The I mean, it sucks. I, they ruin everything. I can't man. take the chance that I'll be accused of a hipster of being a hipster. Yeah, you know? it's like, oh, that's a cool old bar in a area of town. Probably shouldn't go into. But I'd like to go in there, but no, they'll think I'm a hipster if I walk in there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my gym shorts and uh, and running sneakers kind of precludes me from from being labeled a hipster. So I got no problem running uh, going into those. Going into those I mean, I'll never be a hipster. I mean, they know, you know, seeing me intrinsically, they know I'm not a hipster. But you, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like, no, I hear you. I hear they you. They ruin everything. Um, hey, what do you say we get started? I got a bunch of stuff uh, I want to get to, and not a lot of time to get to it. And yeah, what was the thing you exactly wanted to get to, and specifically you said me told me to remind yeah, you? Yeah, no, I got a, a couple things, a couple things. So we'll get to. But first, before I do so, I want to make sure uh, there's you're not gonna uh, wake up tomorrow with post podcast regret and want want me to edit this uh, this little bit about the hipsters out. Are you? <laughs> No, that's, but if you remember last time, that was the pre-talk anyway. I know, I know, I know. But it was so good. And there was a certain, and I thought I was saying there was a certain point that you could include it, not for all. But then even afterwards, you know, I don't know, I was talking to Jacob, and Jake was like, I was talking about the longshoreman thing. And he's like, you said that on there. I was like, wait, do I, I have to edit like, this out now? There was all kinds of bells going off. Do I have to edit this out now too? <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah. <laughs> oh, great. Great. Well, let's stop talking, because there's way more editing than I want to be doing. So let's get, uh, what do you say we get the show on the road? Yeah, let's get it on the road. Hello, and thanks for downloading the two Sorry Excuses podcast, recording live via via the internet. I'm your old pal, Sanders. And I'm your good buddy, Liv. And if you are keeping score at home, this is episode 101 the new era edition. The new era edition. We've turned the corner. Yeah, one oh one. Podcasting one oh one. This is your lesson. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny you say that because I just got a gig as a podcast producer. Hmm. Nice. Really interesting. The um one of the companies that uh that we ran an event for it. I don't know what to say because I'm a, I, I'm not a partner. Although when we're in meetings for the ALS or for, um, you know, Komen or, or a lot of this work that I'm doing, a lot of this, this strategic planning, event management, um, contracting work, the newer people, the newer clients refer to me as his partner. I'm in on every. Okay. I'm in on every meeting. Um, I handle at least fifty percent of the workload on every new client. Um, you know, he defers a lot of stuff to me. He, he 
he treats me as an equal. And, and really, I'm more of an equal than a partner, if that makes sense. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know necessarily how to explain it because I don't look at it as my company. I'm a subcontractor. You know? Yeah. I want yeah, that yeah. freedom. Um, I don't like a lot of the things that we do. Yeah, you don't want exactly to have him thinking the relationship's different than what you believe it is. Yeah, exactly. And and I've like that you can walk away when you want. And I've gone a long way tied to him to make sure that that like is part of our deal. Like um, it's a it's a rotating or revolving um, set of hours. It's like a series of renewable contracts that I work on. Um, you know, I would never walk away without giving him notice, but yeah, I want the freedom to be able to work on other stuff. Um, the business card I have, I made sure he's like, we got to think of a title for you. And I'm like, no, no, I'm okay. Consultant is fine. Yeah. Consultant, freelancer, whatever. It's really, the hell it's really what yourself. I am. I, it doesn't matter to me. I'm well beyond that, you know? I'm not padding my resume. I'm trying to pad my bank account. Yeah. So anyway, so so Hilltop um, did an event for an old colleague of his. And it was really like a production company's type of work. Like we went in and we were like the stage managers for um, like a TED Talk kind of deal. Okay. Conference, like a conference kind of deal. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. We set up like the laptops and the audio and um, communicated with the engineer. A little more like technical than I usually work on. He he does some of that stuff. He has a production element to, to his business, but I typically don't work on it. Once in a while, I'll go run the lights, you know, if we're doing a video shoot or something. But that's just because they can't get anybody else to do it. And I've got the hours available. But because of that, this company who is uh, the CEO is married to an old colleague of of the guy I work with. Okay. So she was like, hey, listen, are you guys, you know, do you guys do podcast production? And he was like, well, listen, Matt does. Um, I think we could do that. So we had a little bit of a meeting and it's this startup, but it's a it's a funded startup. They've got a ton of money. Um they do HR analytics. Okay. So it's like, it's actually pretty interesting. They take, like, they partnered with a bunch of Fortune 500 companies and have accumulated all this human resource data. And they've put this product together that can identify trends and, uh, you know, essentially workforce analytics. Yeah. Like, are you at risk for leaving? Or am I being underpaid? Am I at risk, you know, for being less productive than I should be, et cetera, et cetera? Well, they want to do a podcast about, you know, the human resource space. And they approached us and, and they approached Dave and and uh, he was like, well, Matt does, uh, Matt does some podcasting. And I'm like, yeah, it's super easy. Like, <laughs> I mean, it couldn't, be, it couldn't be easier. So they want to do a weekly podcast. And for a while... I was slated as the host. No, no, no. You mean it's really difficult. <laughs> it's really difficult and expensive, right? Definitely expensive. That's that's the one thing I've learned from working with this with this guy that I'm working with is uh definitely over 
sell and overcharge when you can. <laughs> so there's not a lot of jobs that we make a ton of money on. And there's certainly yeah. not a lot of work that I do that I get a ton of money on. But we we did this. We we pitched this like you know, like we're the executives from Podcast One, like we were talking about the other day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, Podcast One, yes. I was looking definitely. I'm definitely looking to get paid. That's for sure. Um, yeah. So we're gonna try to uh, try to produce a, a podcast um, for them. Now, there's a real engineer. It's not gonna be me sitting in my computer. There's like somebody who's gonna do editing and engineering. I'm gonna be like an actual producer. I'm gonna set up the set up the interviewees, prep them, you know, have a, a pre show conference call with them. It's more of the business side of it, you know. Okay. It's not just me sitting in my laptop trying to trying to cobble together a couple Skype conversations from the HR director at Google with the HR director from Citibank. Yeah. But, you know, somebody's got to arrange that. Somebody's got to make sure that they have the right call-in number, make sure that they have the right Skype account, all that kind of shit. Um, For a while, like I said, I was going to be the host, which was going to be a huge payday. (laughs) Yeah. How did that? They have somebody else that they want to use. Because originally... I think the idea was to have Dave. They were excited to have Dave be the host because he's like, you know, he's a prof- Dave's the guy who you who you have the affiliation with. Yeah, right? yeah, and he's the profession. He's a professional broadcaster. They do. Um, he does a lot of voiceover work. So, oh, really? I didn't. Yeah, he's the okay. guy that you make fun of. <laughs> he's the. He's the play-by-play guy that you make fun of all the time. Oh, he's the one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. is he the one I make fun of? Um. You have. I mean, I, I know there was a dispute whether he was the one, I, whether because there was another guy that bothered me, but you were like, "Well, I don't know if that's the guy," because you were like, "So I don't know if he's exactly was he the, really the guy I was making fun I'm, of?" Though I'm pretty sure. Oh, well, I'm pretty sure, but it's okay. He, why did he do Syracuse games or something? Yeah, he's done Syracuse games before. Oh, okay, I probably was making fun of him then because we usually have kind of, you know. Yeah, he's done a couple. He's done a couple of them, and I think off-brand announcers doing our games. Yeah, I mean, he does like the Villanova game. He did the Villanova game. Like his partner yeah, Al yeah. Grow, you know. Yeah, it's like yes, it's always terrible partners, you know. Star of Central Michigan's 1987 California Raisin Bowl team. <laughs> you know, you know it's a terrible. You, you know you're pretty low. <laughs> how far your pro your schools on the how far down they are on the 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 level when when that's who like who's doing your game. You know, right, right. Eastern Michigan Huron star quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> They had one of these games this year. I don't think your buddy was doing it, but one of the, and I, I think it was a Syracuse game. The guy that was like the color guy, he didn't even go to like a Division One school or whatever. He went to some smaller school, and they were talking about. It. I was like, who is this guy? I was like, how did this guy get a job? You know, yeah, now, it was like one of these ESPN three broadcasts. Now or with ESPN three, there's so much content out there that almost anybody can get a job. Yeah, at least yeah. once, you know. Yeah, I mean, 
apparently we still can't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have to ask Dave about that. <laughs> so, uh, I have nothing bad to say about Dave. I'm just, but I will make fun of his partners. <laughs> I um, they they wanted him. I think they wanted him to be the host, and yeah, he was like, "Listen, I don't have time to do that. I don't." He didn't think it was going to come to fruition. Uh, he was happy to let me and the other, uh, you know, and the engineer guy kind of play with it to see if we could get them to to accept something, and they did. I put together a whole proposal. I put together a budget. Um, Dave was like, "Fine, why don't you host it? Um, you know, you're you're more interested in this than I am. I don't have the time, etc." And I was psyched. And he's like, "Listen, build yourself an hourly, you know, rate because you're going to produce it, but also then you can get you can get frontline talent fee." Yeah. Um, which I don't know. It's like five hundred bucks. You know. Five hundred bucks? How often? A week, an hour. To, just to just to sit there for an hour and do the podcast. Yeah, that's for the hosting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, you know, that's what a that's what a you know a middle tier announcer's getting for you know those ESPN three games or regional sports broadcasting or you know whatever. So to get a host to do a studio show is right about in that ballpark. Um, and I was psyched. That was going to be huge money. Yeah. But uh, it fell through. They want their own guy to do it, um, which uh, is fine. Somebody that actually knows, knows the product. What they're talking about with having to, without having to be supplied with exactly everything every week, I guess. So. Exactly. So, uh, which is yeah. fine by me. Because I was going to ask you that. Would they... Be like, well, here, just talk about this and provide you a script, basically. Well, it's gonna be, it's gonna, the basic format is, uh, is gonna be an interview show, um, which I thought I could, I could do really well with. I thought that I could, um, because it's a topic I'm interested in. I could shoot the shit about, well, almost anything, but I could shoot the shit about human resource analytics with the HR director from Google. You know, because it's going to be about it's going to be about like getting to the next layer in terms of providing interesting content. I'm not going to ask him like, you know, what are your returns on, uh, you know, your, your investment in human capital? You know? Yeah. I'm going to say, hey, where'd you go to school? How'd you get interested in this? Like, what's something cool that you're doing? You know, like what's something cool somebody else is doing? Like a real... Like a real Larry King type of deal where... I, and do you think that would be what they wouldn't want, though, right? Yeah, I don't know. I think that's the best... I think that's the best formula from what I know about podcasting. People who tune into a podcast aren't tuning in to hear you and I break down the Syracuse University 2-3. No, I know. Right? Exactly. They're, I mean, specific people. People that listen to this aren't. And we don't know enough about it for the people that would want to listen to that, whatever small niche group of people that is. That, that people get invested in something and then they want to learn something new or they want to they want something new revealed every time they tune in, you know? Yeah. So there's a, there's a running theme from podcast to podcast, but there's also an individual element within the podcast that makes each one kind of unique. And... I don't know, I think I could could I could deliver that regardless of the topic. 
Yeah. My dad and I do a, did a podcast. I tried to talk him into it um, because I thought it was a good way. And I still do. I think this is – it's a good medium and I think it's relatively cost effective and it delivers a lot in terms of like building a brand and making you an authority in an area. Yeah. So my dad's yeah. an authority in what he does. But I don't know. He's 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 sunsetting. You know, like the, yeah. the people who are the the decision makers in the in his industry now are in their forties. You know, they're they they're the people who are listening to podcasts, who are like looking at new media, getting information. And he's still doing like consultant work. Yeah. So you're like pretty much you got to get out there so they exactly. can hear you and know. Exactly, like yeah, this guy might you know he might be an older dude, but he knows exactly what he's exactly, talking about. And exactly, he's, and he's up with the times on top of it since he's done a podcast. So we did a podcast. We did one, and it it actually came came out really well. It came out really. I didn't do any. He's my dad, so I didn't have to do you know a lot of fact checking. <laughs> yeah, 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 but it was just a free. Was, Wait, what about this other family in Brazil? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it was a uh, it was a real free form conversation, you know. I just I asked him about like what he, you know, w- how he started, because obviously I wasn't around for that, but I knew a little bit about his his professional background. But like he was just my dad when I'm an eight year old. I don't know what he's doing for work. So yeah, you never have a clue what the hell yes. your dad's doing for work when you're a kid. So it was a real, uh, you know, it, it was a it was a real. Um, enlightening conversation and I, I and I'm like personally if I could do that with my dad I could basically that's just like going out and having a drink and sitting next to somebody yeah. and being like hey dude what's happening what's your story you know or a chick or whatever so no that's hard ne- <laughs> <laughs> you think so see I don't think so man <laughs> talking to him is easy I guess the rest of it that's hard. Yeah, 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 right. Exactly. Exactly. Right, because you know they're just people, right? <laughs> hmm. I don't know about that. <laughs> so anyway, uh, my podcasting, uh, my professional Well, you got to pod- spread the word then, man. Uh, so I mean, your so- podcasting services. Yeah, well, I mean... Like, again, it's like one of those things. Like, I, I really want to be spending my time building my my mediation practice. But I keep getting wrapped up in this other bullshit. Hmm. Well, I don't know. The other bullshit sounds like it might be, I don't know. Whatever. I guess it's, maybe you should just do podcasts about mediation. Who knows? That's I think, is a great idea. I think that's a great idea. But, uh... That's neither you here. Digress? That's neither here nor there. We got other, we got bigger fish to fry. I am uh, mixed emotions this week. I've just been like a real roller coaster of, uh, real roller coaster of emotion. I got, um, I'm up to my ears and in, in this walk shit, man. I just can't wait for a break. Yeah. Um, I I'm I'm in the middle of like a. May 1st was our first walk. We haven't had a break since, so it's it's like... That's crazy, man. Four walks. They do a lot of walks up there, huh? They do a ton, man. That's like a friggin' northeastern thing, I guess. Because I don't hear about all these walks, all these charity walks. Oh, it's definitely a northeastern thing, man, if you think about it. 
like a bunch of rich people going out to a park on a Saturday. Is that what it is? It's all like rich people that are trying to feel good about themselves by doing charity work. A lot, is that what a lot of them are. A lot of them. Okay. Are. You know, like the the biggest fundraiser, the Long Island Walk. The Long Island ALS Walk is um, is like eight thousand people deep out on Long Island. The biggest f- single fundraising team ra- raises over a hundred thousand hmm. dollars. That's one team. Damn. So what's a team like? F- like just like a small, less than ten people type of thing. Yeah, it could be as big as or or small as you want it. This this yeah. particular team happens to. Have- and you're hitting up. Like like when we get those emails and stuff where like the guy sends out or yep. you did for exactly. the polar bear. You just get in touch with all your people. Yep, exactly. Just yeah. so happens that their people have a lot of money. Yeah, their people are super wealthy. Yeah. So um, I've been up to my ear- ears in, uh, in that shit, which has really gotten me down. But um, I was super excited this week. Because I got a text message from Liz Stillman earlier in the week. I, I don't remember exactly what day it was, but um, it was like Monday or Tuesday. And she said, happy anniversary. And she sent a picture of her and a friend of hers. But in the background of the picture was me. Um, and it was the arts and sciences graduation. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 20th anniversary. Yeah, so it was the 20th anniversary of my graduation, man. I, yeah, it's crazy. I was like, what the fuck? I couldn't believe it, you know? And um, w- one of the intern kids um, who does some of the walk work with us uh, goes to Syracuse. And he, he just graduated. And yeah. You're 20 years older than 20 years older than him. <laughs> I was 20 when he was born. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How fucked up is that? Probably technically 21 years older. Probably. Than him. Because like you're you're like a little older for your yeah, grade. Yeah, uh, you're older. absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you were you were you were probably drinking a vodka grapefruit the day he was born. I, I imagine I was living in Dolph Shays' house. I mean, legally drinking a vodka grapefruit. <laughs> <laughs> um Living in Dolph Shays' house, and um, 20 years later, he went on to live in Dolph Shays' house. He was, really? He was a tenant oh. of Dolph Shays, yeah. I think we've talked about this kid. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I got that email, and uh, or that text message from Liz, and we went back and forth you know, for a few minutes, just kind of reminiscing. But Liz and I weren't super tight at Syracuse. She um, she was around. She actually helped um, make our Halloween costumes that year. She was friends with with a bunch of people um, that we knew. But I don't know. I kind of kept her at arm's length. I didn't need more friends, you know. Especially chicks I wasn't going to sleep with. I I had a whole harem of women who didn't want to hook up with me. I didn't need more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, she. Hold on a second. Yeah. Oh, um, what Italian ice place are you going to? Don't Yeah, can I get a cherry, please? Thank you, brother. That's a little door to door. Well, I'm glad that was such a uh, important interruption. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna go get some dessert. You want something? <laughs> <laughs> I love the power couple of Roscoe. <laughs> <laughs> 
You know, there's probably a lot of people in San like, oh, look, another gay gentrifying couple. <laughs> I think that all the time, man. <laughs> I think that all the time. So every once in a while, uh, every once in a while, you know, I'll just kind of like shout out at a bar or a restaurant. I'm Oh, I bang that broad, you know, just so they just so they know <laughs> that I'm heterosexual. <laughs> yeah, and then they're like, maybe he's overcompensating. <laughs> like I was thinking about the whole idea, which is the story you'll get to later. But yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, you being with Roscoe, going to pick up all the balloons. Right, right, right. <laughs> right. I'll get to that. Trust me. Trust me. We go on about about. Uh, so Liz Stillman, who you became better friends with post SU, yeah, apparently, of right? course, yes. Um, but on graduation, uh, or I don't know what they call it, graduate commencement. Commencement is the actual thing where everybody's okay. in the dome. So the arts and sciences uh, ceremony, I was running late, and I didn't. Nobody in my crew graduated. The stuff on Saturday, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Nobody in my crew went to. Arts and science was in arts and sciences. They were all in other schools. Um, so I was running late. I had nobody to sit with. And I just so happened to run into Jody Skolnick, Liz Stillman, and a couple of a couple other broads um, from that little circle of friends. And, and I sat with them. So I just happened to be in the background of this picture that Liz took. And it's probably the only picture that she and I have from college. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, there's no, you know, there's no, like, picture of us posing at graduation. There's no um, picture of us hanging out at Fagan's. Nothing like that. So that's her. Like, y'all are that not. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Friends, yes. Um, so it got me thinking, and I knew that wasn't on anybody else's radar. Because... Uh, Peters is opening a restaurant. Laughlin and Soap are running, you know, multi-million dollar family businesses. Mike Reardon, I mean, Mike, Mike Reardon's got a one-year-old. Like, they've got stuff. And if, yeah, yeah. If, Liz, lives. if Liz Stillman didn't text me, it would have went right over my head. So I decided to go through my book, my, my little um, box of, of memories my, my treasure trove, and s- yeah. see if I can find a couple graduation pictures. It, there was one in particular that I was looking for where we all posed on the um, the stairs of 1106 Madison. And um, there's a couple different shots because people took them from a couple different angles, and some of them are cool because we're not all looking in the right direction. There's one where everybody's looking at me. There's one where it's just – it's a it's – it's kind of artistic in in the series of pictures without really meaning yeah. to be, but I couldn't find that. And uh, but what I did find was the five of us at graduation with our caps and gowns on, which was kind of cool because all the other pictures had Cuddy and Romano and this guy and that guy, but graduation day, the five of us were the only ones who graduated. And I know how much. You don't want any picture being sullied with Cuddy <laughs> or, heaven forbid, Joe Romanos. I will not let you sit here and, and besmirch the good name of Joe Romano. I'll tell you that, sir. <laughs> I will tell you that. Well, fortunately, you do this podcast with me and not Mike Reardon. I will let you sit here and besmirch <laughs> so, the, 
I, the name, good or otherwise, of <laughs> Joe Romano. So I pull out a few pictures from my from my treasure trove of um, just kind of g- goofy pictures of of each of us in in a in a uh, a sliding scale of goofiness. Like there's one of Reardon and Carrie Stein going off to a formal. That's not particularly goofy, but. Reardon probably there's one picture in the world that exists between that that features him and Carrie Stein of all people you know yeah and then there's one of me and Laughlin uh, you know at a barbecue that we had at the back of our um, back of 1106 Madison in the driveway I'm pretty sure it was a there's no date on it but I think we went to. Oh, it is a date. October ninety five. We were going to a blues traveler concert that night. Okay. There's a there's a picture from graduation weekend. Yeah, man, that places you right in right in time, you know. Yeah, yeah, totally. We were going to a blues traveler concert yeah. when they were like at their peak of popularity. Exactly. I remember Greg Durenko came over. Remember Greg Durenko? Wait, that names. He was uh, he was a grad student. He played on the football team for a while. He was a grad student. His dad was uh played for the um Denver Broncos back in like the eighties. Okay. And passed away of ALS, I believe. And he was a bouncer. Um busted up his knees, stopped playing football. The gr- All right, his name's very familiar. He he was around, um, might have come back once or twice, but yeah. he came over, he made um pot brownies and everybody got absolutely shit faced. Um and we had a barbecue. Like, it was a great time. Then, yeah, then yeah. there's a picture of me and Peters with Dave the Wave. Um, nice. In the back room. Uh, you know, like, the, between the new side and the um, and the kitchen kind of area. Yeah, yeah, that little, that little foyer or whatever, the little yeah. area where they had the time cards exactly. and all that stuff. Yeah. Then there's a picture of us in Fagan's, which is definitely senior year no i can't say definitely senior year. i don't know what the fuck it was but ben cook is the manager of fagan's and we're all doing ben cook faces and hand gesturations and yeah like the arm turn with the finger pointing it, out type of thing that's where with the finger to the index finger and the thumb we're all doing it that's it yeah it's me peter's soap Little Koopy reared in, and Ben Cook's in the middle. It's fine. If anybody knows Ben Cook, they know exactly what the Ben Cook thing is. Little flip of the wrist and the look <laughs> yeah, away in the, the opposite eye, direction. Like kind of a squint, you know? So, uh, <laughs> I, you know, I sent all these pictures out, just, and I figured they would get a chuckle um, and, uh, you know, a little witty banter back and forth. Um, look how skinny I was in one picture. Look how fat I am in the other. You know, like, uh, yeah. you know, look at... Uh, you know, what, look at that sweater on Reardon. He looks like Ralph Macchio. That's always a, you know, that's always a go-to with a, Reard, yeah. a young Reardon. Looks like Ralph Macchio. The old standbys. But uh, it it started. Um, I don't want to say uncharacteristic because uh, those five guys, in particular, those five guys are not shy with with emotion or sentiment. You know, like for as long as I've known. The, in in particular, those five guys, they're always like willing to tell you um, when you fuck up, but they're also willing to tell you how great of a guy you are. You know, they're willing to tell you they miss you. They're willing to tell you what good times we had. They're willing to tell you whatever. You know, like 
it's a it's a yeah. it's an open and, and and genuine relationship I have with with those four guys. And so I wasn't surprised that the the emails that kind of followed were the emails that that followed, but I was a little surprised cuz they were real genuine like man, what I wouldn't give for like one random Thursday back at Syracuse right about now or I could have used man Sanders thanks for sending that I really could use that I'm having kind of a shit day um you know appreciate a look back like a real mature introspective retrospective um conversation kind of sprung forth from those you know which which I wasn't expecting I was expecting like I said Expecting like, look at you! You were so fat. <laughs> what happened to you? Uh, right, right. You yeah. know the normal kind of stuff that goes back and forth. Um, the, the ball breaking. The ball breaking that that um, that's just kind of germane to our relationship. Um, but it got me thinking, and now somebody had said, I don't want to get into them exactly because one, I they didn't write them with. Uh, with the idea of it being fodder for a podcast, I'm sure, and <laughs> and they're uh, foolish them. They know you have a podcast, <laughs> and uh, and I certainly, I, I don't think they would care that their name would be attached to it. But uh, you know, somebody said, like you'd expect, twenty years later. Hey, man, I, that those are awesome. I can't count how many good times we had thanks for sending that that was really cool to look at now these are guys that that i talk to semi-regularly yeah it's not like we haven't seen each other in 20 years so i was glad that i put that together and i sent it you know and one of the one of the the responses was uh was I could use just one day of college right about now. And I was thinking, like, if the, everybody says that, you know, man, cherish college. Like I told the kid who graduated, hey, man, enjoy this You're weekend. You're like Billy Madison with the fat kid holding his cheeks. Exactly. Cherish it. You got to cherish it. Exactly. Yeah. And you and I have had a conversation about memories before. Recently. Just a couple podcasts yes. ago where we were kind of talking about how my perspective on, on that is that you can't ever go back. So just, you know, keep it keep it in its proper perspective. But it got me to thinking, if I could go back, I wouldn't go back to just any random. I wouldn't go back to any just random college day to just experience college again. There's, there were I came up with three specific moments in time. That if I could go back to relive, I would. I'd go back and I would relive these more than one time. Okay. The first is is pretty. Um, oh, you're gonna tell me what days they are. I'm gonna tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna tell you. <laughs> the first is 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 a pretty typical one. Um, okay. I think most people would kind of have this on their on on their. Uh, uh, on their calendar, if they were, if they could jump back in time, um, or something like this. But it was senior year Halloween party, my senior year Halloween party, where we dressed as yeah, not the not my <laughs> senior year Halloween party that you wrote. Correct, correct. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you emphasize that. <laughs> right. Where we dressed as the seven dwarves. 
Okay. And essentially had our own individual parties within a party. So we were the seven dwarves and we hosted a party. We had dry ice and music and we cleared the living room out and, you know, had a bar and a dance floor. But it was like one of those movies, like one of those ensemble cast movies that yeah, if the camera yeah. moved through the party, there were seven different storylines going on. And um, it was just everything you'd expect from a house party of a bunch of college guys who dressed up as the seven dwarves. <laughs> and I remember at one point, which is kind of which is amazing in in and of itself, that I can remember all the elements of this party. I guess I handled my booze better back then, or either that, or I was busy talking to people and stuff, and I wasn't. I wasn't yeah, well, so you can drunk. keep up with. But I had yeah, getting wasted. I had taken my costume off at one point. All they were were like felt over. Uh, and who were you? Um, I was uh, happy. Happy, yeah, 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 okay. yeah. So uh, you seem like you'd be a good happy. I though. was. Uh, I was happy. Um, I got to pull up the dwarves here because I don't remember all the dwarves. Seven. I mean, who were the seven dwarves? Like, did Sean Ridden come up to be dopey? No, no. There was. There was. Or sleepy. That. That could have very well been. That was a good one, but. Uh, um, but it was all like people that were. There was the six people in Madison Street. Was it just six back then? No, there's seven. So it was y'all. Had, oh, y'all had everybody the, in the house back the then. The five right? of Everyone us. Was taken. Yeah, Laughlin was home. Laughlin was back from 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 being abroad, uh, and then Cuddy and Romano. So yeah, okay. I was happy. Uh, Reardo was sleepy. Romano was sneezy. Sneezy, all right. Um, Laughlin was bashful. Laughlin was dopey. Cuddy okay. was grumpy. Of course. Um, so, uh, Soap was Doc because he had a beard. He was the only guy with a beard. Yeah. Did he shave it down to... Yeah, you need a beard. Yeah. But who was, who was bashful? Uh, bashful... Bashful was, uh, I guess, Mike Peters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By process of elimination, right? Yeah. Laughlin was definitely dopey because he was, he was the only one that... You try to figure it out based on the picture because it could be... Yeah, well, because Laughlin didn't wear a beard. Yeah. He was the only guy, and he had his ears stick out, so that he was definitely dopey. Soap was definitely Doc. Cuddy was definitely grumpy. Peters was bashful. And then I remember Sneezy and Sleepy were kind of a toss-up. Um, but Reardon ended up being Sleepy, and uh, and Romano was Sneezy. Okay. And then uh, I, of course, was happy. Um, of course. But I had... I Everybody wore tights, but for some reason I had, like, nude-colored tights. <laughs> nice. So it, by the end of the party, I had lost my tunic because that's all we did. We wore like felt tunics with hats and and tights underneath. Um, yeah. And I remember I remember Reardon telling me from afar, it looked like I was I was naked because I'm wearing nude tights. 
<laughs> but I wasn't. I would save that for for several months later. But um, <laughs> without the tights, correct. yes. Um, so it was a good party. It was a solid party. It was. It was. We had everybody there that you could imagine. You know, like Kara Allens, Little Jill, the girls yeah. from Gamma Phi Beta. Um, the girls from Alpha Phi, like we had tons and tons of people and it was like the most fun that I had that, that entire year. Okay. Well, that's a good day. That's a, that's, that to me is like a story everybody has, you know, the next two are, are a little more, um, narrower in scope in terms of, of the amount of people that can, that can appreciate them. The, the, the one that I think about that probably some other people would, would, would be able to connect with is the mushrooms. Uh, the day we took mushrooms in a blizzard. I want to <coughs> say it's like the first time that I had taken mushrooms. I didn't, I didn't take mushrooms all that, all, all a ton of mushrooms, but I think it might have been the first time. Yes, the second but time. three of the best days you had in college and one of them involves <laughs> mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> Sad. We uh, we we kind of split off, and a couple of us ended up going to uh, Thorndon Park, and a couple of people went out and did some other stuff, and who knows what where we ended up. But at one point, me and somebody else decided to walk down to Marshall Street, and we turned the corner around Archie's to go on Marshall Street, and just at the same time, somebody else turns the corner down by South Krause. <laughs> so it was just fortuitous that we ended up coming, yeah, yeah. coming to the same place at the same time. We'd been out and about for an hour, an hour and a half. We ended up at um, Cosmos, the first and only time I'd ever gone to Cosmos. Oh, yeah, because you don't like Cosmos. No. But we sat down, and it's a blizzard, so nobody's out. We have the whole place to ourselves. You know how Cosmos had the, uh, the jukeboxes? Yeah, at each table. Yeah. So we put in our money, and I play. Um, what's a wee away? A wee away? A wee away? Lion sleeps tonight. Lion tokens. Lion sleeps tonight. But it didn't yes. play, so <sighs> we were totally bummed out. So we had some breakfast and uh, had a couple, couple sodas or whatever, and uh, we're just kind of sitting there shooting the shit, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the song comes on. I'd never been happier. Yeah, 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 you know, it's like that—that that false euphoria that you get when you're not expecting something, and then you just kind of get a rush of endorphins, and then you're like, "Yeah!" Like one of those kind of <laughs> shared communal moments, you know? Yep. Um, and I would probably say what you know, twenty-five, thirty percent of people who went to college probably have that similar type of experience. Whether they're, you know, they got really drunk or, you know, got really stoned and something funny happened. I think at least, at least some people can appreciate that. At least relate yeah. to it to some extent, right? My third is, can never be experienced by anybody but me and the person I experienced it with. And I don't think it, it will ever bring me as much there's I, there's very few things that are going to bring me as much joy as just thinking about this particular story because it's 
it's it's such a non-story, but I giggle every time I hear it. Um, little Koopy passed on his DJing business to me after he left. So what he used to do was he graduated a year earlier, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. And when he was a senior, um, he got a bunch of gigs with sororities to play their formals. Yes. And he would charge him a shitload of money. He would rent out the equipment and the soundboard. And he'd hire me to like be his DJ assistant. Help lug uh, CDs. Help set up the equipment. And just generally keep him company. I, know, he pr- I think... I want to say that it you'd get 1500 bucks to DJ a formal... Damn, I can't, it's good money. I can't remember. Maybe it's twelve hundred, but the sound system cost five hundred. He gave me a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> when he graduated, I inherited the business, so I still use the same sound guy and gave him five hundred bucks, and I got all the business from all the chicks that I knew now. You know, like so. Wait, let me get this straight. Yeah. So he would base he would pocket nine hundred essentially. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Nice. So when I inherited the business, I did the same thing, except I hired Brian Peters because he had a car. Yeah, and now you were screwing Brian. I was over screwing Brian over, right? Kubi screwed you over, exactly. But Brian loved it. You know, it's just me and him. He'd say, "I'm the DJ. He's the rapper." You know what's that? He, you know, he'd refer to us as "I'm the DJ" and he's the rapper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and also he loved it because you know you're hanging out, you're getting drunk, you have this formal, you play music. Yeah, absolutely, it's fine. totally. Yeah. And um, we would drive up and down like the the 81 corridor, at, at, all the way from like Canada down to Binghamton. Yeah, all the formal hot spots. Exactly. And they would pay us, and if it was far enough, they'd give us a hotel room. So this one night, Gamma Phi Beta had a formal up in Alexandria Bay. And it was a big fancy place up there. I'd done a couple of them up there, so I knew what to expect. And I made sure they gave us a hotel room. And Brian Peters and I went up. And, like, let's say the formal was at 7 or... Whatever, we got up there at like three. Checking our hotel room. And we did exactly what we do when we have time. We climbed into the hot tub together. <laughs> nice. Except this one wasn't a hot tub. It was just a um it was just a bathtub with jet propulsion. <laughs> <laughs> like a bigger bathtub. Yeah, yeah. So Slightly that's... bigger bathtub. Right. For a guy and a girl, could probably fit in it comfortably, but BP and I are in it, and um, we uh, we he cracks open a beer, I pour a vodka grapefruit. We're we're sitting there, we're lounging in the tub, and a bunch of chicks come by, little Teresa and Tara Fox and the aforementioned Carrie Stein. Yep, and they all come by and they're like, "Hey, we're um, you know we're down at the bar or we're in so and so's room, and you know we're hanging out. You know, people are asking about you." I said, no thanks. We're fine. <laughs> this is what we do. And In the hot tub. he and I proceeded to to have a bunch of cocktails and, and listen to some music and just generally enjoy each other's company in the hot tub, man. Nice. And 
like to me those three things those three things basically encompass college I got a little of 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 everything in those three things which is probably why they stick with me you know yeah yeah and I'd go back I, I'd go back to any single one of those multiple times I mean it's funny because one of my uh, you know one of the seminal uh, moments in my relationship with Brian involved me hanging out with Fredo uh, and crashing in Brian's bed while y'all were off All right. DJ in a formal in Niagara Falls, I believe it was that's, at the time. That's right. That is true. I remember that. <laughs> so it's kind of funny. <laughs> See that? It all comes full circle. It's all about the Crown Vic. Yep. That's how we got around town. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Good times there, man. Good times. And that was uh that kept me that kept me going. You know, that thought, those thoughts, the thought of graduation really got me off to a good start this week. Unfortunately it came burning to the ground, crashing to the ground by I would say midweek of what's today? Of this week? No, last week, right? Yeah, week last off, week when right? all when everything started to hit the fan, right? Yeah, so okay, so like Monday of last week. It must have been the eighth or ninth. That's when uh, Liz sent the email. Yeah, what's what was Monday was this yeah, so the ninth was was a Monday, yeah. Yeah, so that must have been when we graduated, May ninth, nineteen ninety six. By Friday. Oh, no wonder it was Friday the thirteenth. Yeah. Oh, I yep, wish I had news. known, man. Oh, it was miserable. So we're in the middle of, like I was mentioning before. So that's one, two, three. Wait. One, two, three. So this is the third. I've had four walks in three calendar weeks. Damn. This is going to be, this is going to be my fourth walk. In four calendar weeks. And I'm just... I'm, I'm so fried. Like, I can't even deal with this. I'm starting to see light, the light at the end of the tunnel. But as we're sitting... Um, we're sitting in, at breakfast or something at uh, one of our work days last week. I'm like, oh, Roscoe, I can't wait till this weekend. Four-day weekend. It'll be great. And he's like, wow, you're going to take a four-day weekend? And I was like... Yeah, well, I mean, whatever. I'll just, you know, I'll rearrange some shit. I'll take Friday off. But we get Monday off, man, Memorial Day. And he was like, that's next weekend. And I was like, Oh, you're thinking Memorial Day was going to be this Monday? Yep. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, oh, shit. That really let the air out of my balloon, no pun intended. And we go and we got to pick up. U-Haul trucks, and we gotta load U-Haul trucks, and we gotta unload U-Haul trucks, and we gotta pick up shit, and drop off shit, and go to Entenmann's to get 2,000 bags of mini bites, and I gotta drive to um, Oakland, New York, Oakland, New Jersey, which is basically the border of New York and New Jersey, up in Orange County, to pick up four cases of potato chips. The hourly rate, plus gas plus time and effort spent to get these four cases of potato chips, it was probably a $15 retail value, you know? Jeez. But we spent 150 bucks in manpower going to get them. Yeah. Because yeah. hers decided to donate them. So this is just like, this is normal. 
normal course of business and it just it it gets on it wears on you after a while right but yep. on friday so i remember when i was doing charity stuff a few times you know a few times where i was involved in stuff and you find yourself running around exhausting all kinds of energy for stuff that you know turns out your time and everything is worth more than the donation absolutely absolutely yeah um so like this is just it kind of wears on chops away at you yeah. you know so I could imagine doing it every weekend right <laughs> right <laughs> exactly so the culmination of all this activity is we have to go into the city on Friday the thirteenth to pick up all of the materials for the walk on the fourteenth damn so like we tarl like you got driving the city for it and. They're not ready for us until 3.30. Even worse. Like the worst possible time when you could be driving in and having to drive away from a major city oh, on a Friday. It was horrible. It was horrible. Yeah. We're driving a 20-foot U-Haul truck. Jeez. And we've got to go in and we've got to, we've got to load this U-Haul truck up and um, get out of the city to do the whole thing over again in like 10 hours. Yeah. You got to be there at five o'clock and before five o'clock in the morning. So we finally get the truck. We go into the city. Oh, my Italian ice has arrived. Thank you, Roscoe. <laughs> Here, give me two seconds. Cause I want to put something in the oven real quick. So yeah, that I'm going to uh, have, I don't need to, since your Italian ice arrived, I figure it's a good spot for hey. One minute, just so I won't have to wait forever to eat after we do finish the podcast. I can appreciate that. Yeah. I'm not going to edit this, so. All right. Well, I'm just putting my veggies into the oven. And I put them in there for like 35 or 40 minutes. You know. Good. Did I burn myself? And set the timer. (laughs) And start. All right. All right. All right. Moving right along now. So, um, so it's just, it's just a miserable exercise to have to go in the city and deal with this. So. Sounds it. (laughs) So. Yeah, Roscoe's fucking with me. Ah, uh, of course. All right. So it's a, a totally miserable exercise, and we're just, like, fighting fatigue, fighting traffic. It's raining. It's horrible. It's miserable. And this is when I get in. I get my lowest. Like, when I start <laughs> battling, when I start battling the demons of where did I go wrong, yeah, exactly. How are you at this point in your life? Exactly, right? <laughs> at, at this juncture, I'm making six bucks an hour when I when I when I meter out the the time and um, yeah, because you're doing it like at a rate, right? Exactly. You know, and it's like, but all the time you put in to get that rate. Yes. So I'm just, I, I hate myself right now. I hate the guy who's making me do this. I hate the people who run the charity. I hate the guy who rented me the U-Haul, but most of all, I hate myself. It's just, yeah. it's just miserable, you know? I'm like, nobody else has to do this. This guy doesn't have to do this. That guy doesn't have to do this. <laughs> you know, and it's just, it's a never-ending spiral. 
The good news is uh, that I've learned how to stop that spiral. There was a time in 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 not so distant not so distant past where that spiral just keeps going and it gets yeah. to be real serious. You know what I mean? Like it becomes a real problem. Luckily, I know how to pump the brakes on that. Take a deep breath and realize that I'm not, you know, a worthless piece of shit because you know, because I made a wrong turn 15 years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I'm still pissed because I'm hungry, I'm wet, I'm tired, I'm frustrated. I still do have to get home and get to sleep. And Yeah, because it's so damn hard to wake up to begin with, much less waking up at 3 in the morning. It's 11 miles from the um, from where this trip originates at the Hilltop offices to Midtown Manhattan. He lives super close to Manhattan. Okay. It took us two and a half hours yeah. to get out of the city to the back to the offices. Now, that doesn't even count the time it took us to get into the city. You know, it's crazy. Years ago, I was watching this show like on PBS or something, and it was it was one of these history shows, you know. It was tracing the 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 roots of like the founding fathers or whatever you know it was talking about new york city it was like and he went from here to here and the guy hops in a cab and it took him like 45 minutes to go from one place in manhattan to another which is a relatively close place you know and they're like and it probably would have taken about the same amount of time back then because they were on horseback but now even with cars it still takes you that freaking long because there's so much congestion totally so when i think about your two and a half hours for 11 miles Right. Yeah. I mean, it's like, how far away is, are, are the Meadowlands from New York City? It's like 10 miles or something, right? Yeah, like yeah. This guy lives right a mile away from <laughs> yeah. the Meadowlands, right? Yeah, but it takes you forever to get there if you're in New York. <laughs> it's crazy. It's it blows total, me away. Totally miserable. Yeah. So we, <laughs> we finally get out of the... Um, so you're in rainy Friday afternoon traffic on top of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we finally get out of the city, and I remember that my day isn't over. I have to go to Party City to pick up balloons. See, that's the worst to me, Party City. It really is. It really is. And now, it was one thing to be driving a U-Haul truck, picking up supplies. It's a whole other level of self-loathing despair when I have to go to Party City to pick up loose balloons. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but I come up with this bright idea because the truck is full. It's not going to fit the balloons, and I don't want to go get the other truck because it's like local neighborhoods. You know, I don't want to be backing up this truck and yeah, driving it's a around. There was big old trucks through like neighborhoods. Yeah, so like with cars parked on either side of the street, and you might make it a turn, you might hit one. Exactly, and then I got to go into a commercial parking lot of a shopping center. Oh, it's yeah. miserable. So I decide to drop off both trucks at the at the, the parking lot where we keep the trucks. And we're going to take Roscoe's car to pick up the balloons because we only and have... And what does Roscoe drive? Like a Volkswagen Jetta. 2004 okay. Volkswagen Jetta. But I only have to pick up a dozen balloons. No problem, right? I misread yep. the receipt. I had to pick up three dozen balloons. Ugh. Excuse me, three dozen balloons aren't fitting in the back. 
of a 2004 Jetta. Dude, a dozen balloons in the back of of a regular. I mean, I just know because I did that for my mom's birthday back in December when we did the surprise party. I think we only had to pick up like 12 balloons, and I was driving a Suburban, and it takes up a lot of space. Totally. Fucking balloons are just, you know. So. Um, you can't really see out of the car no, once they're in no, there. No, 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 not at all. So we managed to get two dozen balloons in the back seat. And yeah, so the car's all balloon at this point. Yes. and Two dozen balloons in the back of a friggin' Jetta. <laughs> I'm like, Roscoe, we're not going to make this. And God bless him. God bless him. He is an inter- he's, he is like an unqualified optimist with some things. And he's like... <laughs> and he's I like, like, are you qualified? <laughs> his unqualified optimism. <laughs> with some things. <laughs> so he's like, we'll, we'll do this. We'll do this. And, and I'm just at the point where realism sets in. I've done shit like this before. I know we're not getting the balloons back to the final resting place in one trip. I'm like, no, dude, we're not going to do it. It's not going to work. He's like, no, no, we are, man. We are. And he's willing, he's trying to will these balloons back to the truck where we have to store them. And I'm like, all right, there's only one way that that I'm going to end this is to, to give it a try, right? Yeah. So I'm riding passenger seat with the balloons hanging out the window. Okay. So I'm out the window with a dozen teal balloons, <laughs> turquoise hoping balloons. You don't, hoping you don't let them go. <laughs> And he starts to drive. He's like, I'll take it slow. Wait, so y'all had two in the back and you're holding the other dozen out of the window? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's freaking hilarious. So we're driving. And in all fairness, he's going slow. But even five miles an hour is too fast for a dozen balloons yeah. tied onto a ribbon. <laughs> yeah, of course. The wind's the drag on that. So yeah. I'm like, stop, stop. He's like, no, man, we'll make it. I'll go slow. I'm like, you're already going slow. And I can't hold these. I can't afford to lose these balloons. And so right there, I said that out loud. And then that was it. I was so pissed because that's what my life had been reduced to. Is, is that you? Your voice of your guy who can't afford to lose 12 balloons? <laughs> 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 you know, your, your story's making me think about something funnier that happened with me earlier this week, too. But go. <laughs> well, Sanders, that is a good story, but I have a much funnier story that happened to me, and I will tell well, it you. Wasn't, no, it wasn't much funnier. It's it's the same sort of thing. Like, I'm, I'll just tell you this. I I picked, I bought this little piece of furniture for somebody at Craigslist and, Craigslist, and all I have is a Toyota Camry, so it really didn't fit in there, mm-hmm. you know? But theoretically, I didn't have that far to go. I had like four and a half miles to get to my house, but I had to go on this expressway, you know. So I had it lodged in the uh, into the back of the Camry, you know, and I had a, a, a bungee pulled down. But I'm trying to go like, you know, it's this expressway, the speed limit's 50, but I'm going like 35, right. you know, letting everybody pass by because – it's like, I just want to make it home with this thing. And I was like, and then I get off and it's not too far. Once you get off the expressway to my house, you know, it's like another mile maybe. And, and then I make it down and I turn into my neighborhood, 
But once you get into my neighborhood, it's potholes everywhere. Ah. You know, it's typical New Orleans streets. Right, right. And, and I only had like five or six bucks to go. But I was thinking to myself at the time, I was like, this is like a George fucking Costanza moment. <laughs> you know, it's like it's right when it's almost going to be done. Watch, something's going to happen. I make the whole expressway, right? this thing flying out. But here, something will happen. And that's what I'm thinking about with the balloons. It's like a George Costanza moment. Totally, you know? <laughs> totally right? <laughs> like at the Frogger machine or something. <laughs> like you're sitting there with those balloons and right when it's ready to go or some shit. Or you're like, all right, here we go. I'm going to let you out of the car. Put your arms through the window and you get out and you let your hand go to pull you <laughs> the balloons go off. Exactly. Now, here's the sad thing is I've had enough experience with stuff like this to know what will work and what will go wrong, right? Yeah. So at least I have enough foresight to say, Roscoe, pull over the car. I got to get out. I'm not – I can't afford to let these balloons go (laughs) monetarily or or theoretically. Like that would just – (laughs) Professionally. That would have just crushed me. Uh, spiritually yeah, spiritually you could not let those balloons go if they did like i would have just wilted you know i would have been a shell of yeah. the man that i am and i'm already of the shell of the man i should be so that would have Jeez. just left me in in horrible straits yeah so luckily it's like it's only five minutes away that roscoe's gotta go so he i go i'll stand here and um and you go get those balloons settled and then come back and and you get me. So I'm standing in the rain in the park parking lot of Party City in You must have looked like the saddest person in the world. Holding twelve turquoise balloons. <laughs> standing in the rain holding a dozen balloons. So I uh I'm like I I, I wanna be positive, you know? Like that's, I try to be, I really, really, honestly, and I know we do a little bitching on, on, on our show and we have good fun with, with, uh, you know, just general malaise, but like, yep. I, I really want to be positive, but at this point, how can you be positive in that situation? You know, I want to share, yeah, I, know. I just want to share my despair with somebody. So I the first person that came to mind was you. <laughs> yeah, 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 you texted me from the parking lot, right? I did. I, this is the text that I sent you. I said, "You know when people say FML, I hate that because it's so trite." But right now, I'm standing in the parking lot of a party city in the rain, holding twelve turquoise balloons because they wouldn't fit in Roscoe's car, and I need, <laughs> I like, and I need these turquoise balloons to make it until tomorrow. It's basically the most important thing I have to deal with in my life at this moment. Fuck me. P.S. I sat in New York City traffic with Roscoe for one and a half hours. I want to shoot myself. <laughs> I said, P.S. Yeah. I have to be up at 3 a.m. tomorrow. I feel like the yeah, fucking was up guy. <laughs> That's what I felt like. I felt like the guy from Up standing there with the balloons, you know? Jeez. Oh, it was horrible, man. It was horrible. It was just uh, oh, miserable. I get home. The, the day doesn't end there. I get home. But 8.30, no, probably 9.30 almost 10 o'clock I let the dogs out and Val jumps the fence oh man he 
I know that he can jump the fence. So when I take him out in the fenced yard that I have, he has to go on a lead. How sad is that? In his own yard, he needs to be leashed. But you know what he did? He broke the metal choker collar that I attached the lead to as he jumped over the fence. That's how strong that motherfucker is. Damn. And he took off. And he took off and uh, and I hear a guy on the next block over go, he's headed towards Main Street. And I was so thankful that somebody was kind of shouting directions on where I should go. But then the guy gets all indignant and goes, you know he's going to get hit by a car. <laughs> uh, I'm like, that's not part of my plan, dude. My plan wasn't let my dog go run and hopefully he won't get hit by a car. And you're yeah. pointing out the flaw in my plan. <laughs> go smoke some crack. Yeah, that kid. So you know, he's gonna go get hit by a car. So that didn't end. Luckily, Roscoe caught him. Roscoe went one way, I went the other. Uh, Roscoe caught him, brought him back. But we still didn't get to bed almost midnight. And <laughs> it was three the next morning. Uh, then I had to get up on Monday. And I had to spend two days in New York City. For a whole other event. <laughs> Oh, it was a different thing yeah, that you were in New York City for? Something different, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so. Jeez. Um, so that, I can't wait till Memorial Day, man. Yeah. I'm going to hit the gym. I'm going to do a little laundry. And I'm going to hit the beach, do some tanning, you know? Nice. Jersey style. Nice. Uh, sounds like you can use it, man. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's uh, that's all I got. Unfortunately, I got about an hour and a half worth of work that I got to do after we get off of this. I mean, that's all you got. You you provided a lot of content tonight. I really did. I'm looking at the. Um... <laughs> so I look at we record in two different tracks, and when I talk, the the track is, is you know is all squiggly, and when when you talk, my track is flat. Um, yeah, I'd say I'm probably ninety percent squiggles tonight. Usually it's about yeah, yeah. 50-50, but... Um, well, you earned it. I had to get that off my chest, you know? Yeah. You know, sometimes you go... A lot of times, that's why I, I get kind of bummed when we don't when we miss an episode or whatever. It means I'm too busy, but um, it doesn't mean that I, that I have an outlet for anything. You know, I don't talk to people on a regular basis or... No, I don't talk to anybody. You know? I mean, I don't, I don't tell people my... Deepest secrets <laughs> <laughs> that we then edit out later. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean the real shit, not even that. Like the real issues, you know. It's part of my problem, right? But hey, right. I mean, it's part of my problem for where I am in life right now. But um, but yeah, I understand. Sometimes it sucks because it's good to have somebody to talk to. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I don't know. I don't really want to talk about the whole bicycle issue just because after listening to everything you had, the bicycle issue is not nearly, <laughs> you know, it's just like a footnote, basically. <laughs> you know, 
Maybe we can save it to the next show. Maybe. I'm in the process of getting that bicycle seat replaced. I'm, and then I realized that there was a light on the back of the bicycle, too, that I friggin'. <laughs> I don't know if I consciously just tossed it. I don't think I consciously tossed it. I think it wouldn't. It wasn't staying on, and I was too drunk to get it into the <laughs> hole properly. That it probably just went by the wayside, and I didn't notice it. You know, right? Well, I'll tell you, I'm a little disappointed. I do remember at one point just actually walking the bicycle the last two blocks to my house or something. I've been just had no seat. I was like, I can't. I was too drunk to even ride it, so I was definitely too drunk to to pedal it while standing up, like you would. You know, like you all, like you can always do on a bicycle. Right, you know? right, right. Well, listen, <laughs> I sympathize, man. I've been, I've been out where I couldn't even ride my own bike home. Yeah, I was like, well, thank God I rode a bicycle, not <laughs> drove a car. Right. I know at one point. I don't know why I went the route I went because it's literally a straight shot between the place I was and where I live. For some reason, I decided to get out to a busier road. Which I'm thinking maybe I thought about, like, maybe make sure to get out there because there's a bigger chance there might be drunks because it was Tulane graduation weekend. I, w- I remember thinking about that. I was like, I'm leaving. It's like midnight during graduation weekend. There might be a lot of drunk kids driving around right now. Yeah. So you thought being on a major road was better? Well, I thought being somewhere more visible. Okay. Better lighting. Right. You know? Okay. All right. That's what I was thinking, I guess. I don't know, but it definitely was. I know I definitely fell down at least once because next day my hand was cut up. You know, I like yeah, not really. I had a cut in the hand. You know, I was like, oh, I remember that. I fell. I got you know. It was just. I woke up in the bed. I had the dog next to me, and I'm like, and I wasn't even in the bed the right way. I was laying like across <laughs> it, like diagonally. I'm like, what the? F-? I was like, I really was this bad, you know? When I was. <laughs> I even went at one point, I didn't want to do anything next morning, but I threw the dog in the car and I went driving around the possible pass I could have taken, hoping I'd see the seat there somewhere. But I'm sure somebody <laughs> saw that and was like, oh, I can make some money with this or something. You know, some, what kind of bike? One of these shyster guys, you know? What kind of bike is it? It's, it's literally a piece of crap bike I bought off of Craigslist. The most expensive part of it, though, probably was the seat. Because the guy that I bought it from, like, he just he just found some old bike base. He's one of these dudes that just takes old bikes, and he obviously spray-painted it. And he, I remember him saying, like, the seat's a Schwinn. You know, I was like, yeah, all right. It, you know, because it was obviously the one new thing he put on it. Yes. And it was new. And it's like, great. Now I got to – I was like, I wouldn't have consciously thrown out knowing I need to get a new seat. So I'm sure that I just – I was in no condition to be doing anything that night. Right, right. So, uh, I mean, I went to a friend's house for a dinner party, a bunch of wine, you know. Um, there was some hurt fear. It was only four people there. And then there was a, something happened between me and one of the friends there. There were hurt feelings. You know, it was a bad scene. I probably overcompensated by drinking more wine, you know. Uh <laughs> <laughs> and also, you have the confidence of getting drunk because it's like, I don't even have to drive home. I got a bicycle. <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm just, I was such a mark, too, that drunk. Uh, but yeah, so be it. Um, but let me tell you something cool because I'll send you a picture of something. So 
This is one of the things about living in New Orleans. It's a very weird place to live, you know? There's a lot of weirdness that goes on here. Yeah. I think... What's that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I, I Have I ever told you about the peacock that lives in my neighborhood? Yes, I've seen the peacock. Okay, I've sent you a picture of a peacock. Well, like last week, there was a news story um, about this peacock that lives uptown, that lives like about maybe eight blocks away from me or something. But it was, but I read it and it was on the, I guess it was on all the news stations and it was in the newspapers, but I was reading one of the newspaper versions of it. Cause I was like, Oh, the peacock. And I read, and it was a story about how this peacock that lives out there, it's been living there since 2005 you know, right after the hurricane, I'm sure somebody was probably keeping this peacock and it got free and it's been just living on the street since, you know? Right. And, um, and the reason they were doing the article was because people in the neighborhood, a lot, most of the people love the peacock because they think it's cool. Oh, it's a peacock. Cause peacocks, it is cool to see something like that just hanging out in the street and friggin' uptown New Orleans, you know? Right. And, uh, but some neighbors were getting pissed because apparently the peacock will peck at people's cars sometimes because it sees its its reflection. <laughs> okay. In, right. in the car, and then they'll go pecking at it, and some people have gotten pissed. So there was uh, uh, that day that that was all published. They were going in front of the city council because there are several bird sanctuaries in the city, you know, in various areas. And city council was gonna take up, uh, take up a cause, a motion to, to make uh, basically where I live, you know, the Carrollton area, West Carrollton, and so forth, as a bird sanctuary, uh, so that no one can go and fuck with the with the peacock. Okay. You know, <laughs> and it'll be protected. So I read the article, and my mom's like, "Oh, they had about your peacock in the news." Yeah, but I was like, and it was the same peacock that was in our I was like, no, mom, that's a different peacock. <laughs> I was like, that's a Conan Dante Street. <laughs> I was like, it mentions my peacock in there. So there's a peacock about eight blocks away in one direction from my house. And then there's a peacock about four blocks away in the other direction from my house. That's great. <laughs> and the peacock back there. The one that the newspaper article was about has been there since 2005, and mine apparently has been around since 2012. So, like, you know, the next, uh, so like, whenever I had the dog and we went for the walk, I, I made sure to go down where they, because usually we walk down that far, but we don't go to the exact, we go, it's Dublin Street and then it's Dante Street, but we usually walk just down Dublin Street, you know? Okay. I was like, well, let's walk up. Cone and Dante, and the first time we walked, we saw the peacock just sitting in there in the street, that one. I was like, cool. Um, so my dog saw that peacock, and then I saw him again, I think Sunday evening we saw him hanging out back in that neighborhood, just hanging out in the street, the peacock, you know? Right. And it's funny because there's a cat just walking around, and the cat's more leery of the dog than he is of the peacock, and the <laughs> peacock doesn't care about anything. Um, well, I was going to work last Friday... And the way I go to work, that's exactly where the peacock hangs out. He hangs out on Cambrone Street, which is the street behind, that runs that, – that my house is 
that's the block behind me. You know, I'm I'm uh, between Dante and Cambrone Street, and I have to go to Earhart, and he's at Pritchard Place and Cambrone, which is like four blocks down. And he was in the friggin' street, and I was like, oh, I had to slow down and wait for him to move. I'm like, Peacock's just hanging out. I was like, oh, good, because I hadn't seen that one in a while. Well, last night, I was going to go, I went to go see the 30th anniversary screen of Ferris Bueller's Day Off with my sisters. And I was going to meet them at the movie theater. So the movie, I was trying to get, I left here around 6.15 because I wanted to get there around 6.30 or so because the movie was supposed to start at 7. And uh, so I'm driving down because the way to get to the movies is to go Earhart again, you know, just the other direction. And it's it's 6.15 or so, you know, 6.20. And I, and I drive down there and, and I'd never seen this before. And I was even mentioning how I've never see a peacock with its feathers up, you know, and uh, and then I see that peacock, my peacock, the one in my neighborhood, with he's got all his feathers up, dude. And I I pull, I just stopped the car. And I was like, whoa, that's so cool because he's just hanging on the sidewalk with all his feathers up, you know. And uh, and then this other car comes from the other direction. And I was like, oh, I better let him go. But then they stop and they're looking at it. I was like, well, screw this. And I got out of my car. I just kept the car running because I wanted to take pictures of them anyway. And it was like a young couple and a baby. And I walked up and I was just like, I was like, man, that's so cool. You know, because <laughs> when do you ever get to see that? You right. know, I walk right up to this damn peacock and they're like, his name's Archie. I was like, oh, it's got a name. I never, the one back there has got a name too. But I got a nice, awesome picture of the peacock. So you send it to that me? was my highlight of my week, and it made everything so much better. Oh, well, send it to me, man. Yeah, I'm sending it to you right now. You're holding out on me. I want my week to get better. Yeah. Like, this is so cool that I saw the, that that this lives in my neighborhood. And that's what's weird about New Orleans. Like, you know, we don't have one peacock that lives within a mile of my house. <laughs> we have two. And now they're passing laws to, so that no one can fuck with these peacocks to just randomly end up in the neighborhood. Uh, Do you send it to me email or text? I just texted it. Right. It's gone right now. Let's see. Let's see. It's still sending. I just, I was sending it. But we're on a Wi-Fi network, so it should be there soon. All right. All right. Well, uh, which is uh, good because, well, no, because I need this anyway because I'm getting bamboozled into. I'm getting thrown under the bus, and I have to go to a a motion for on an MSJ tomorrow on a case that I'm not even involved with because one of the guys I work with is in Florida, and even though he had plenty of notice when this hearing was going to be, he just really didn't want to go. <laughs> you know, so. All right, man. Well, then on that note. Do you want me to email it to? Well, I don't know, but now you're breaking up. I want you to. Uh, Listen, now you're breaking up. I think. It always breaks. You know what? You're doing shit. You're doing shit on your phone. Yeah. That's what I figured out. That's what probably. That's why. Last That's time. why, because it's a Wi Fi. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All right, man. Yeah. Well, then on that note, we will uh, we'll wrap it up. And apologies to Girk's bro. Ah, oh, there it is. It's beautiful. It's worth the wait. Yeah, I mean, isn't that cool? I mean, how cool is that? Oh man, that is <laughs> that's pretty. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. And look, he's just hanging out on a sidewalk, you know. <laughs> yeah, 
That is amazing, dude. Yeah, I mean, I know that's like some. I wonder what he was trying to court because that's what they do when they're courting that yeah, shit, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, that's crazy. We got to put that up on Twitter or something. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's so awesome. I was like, I gotta take a picture of it. You know? Ah, uh, that's just, like uh, that just brightened my day. Thanks for sending that, man. Yeah, no problem. All right, well then, uh, then on that note, much better note. On that note, <laughs> with apologies to Girk's brother. We'll see you guys next week. Buenas noches, Fredo. (laughs) 